Today on Oxl FM, Gelada and I discuss his first impressions with the anime series Neon Genesis Evangelion. Hello and welcome to the episode of Oxl FM. I'm Sefren. And I'm Gelada. And today we're going to start a new style of episode, mm. sort of based on the back of our Game Club style episodes, because we have so much fun doing those. Yeah. And we thought, we haven't really come up with a name with it yet, but essentially, for the longest time we've been friends, I've always been into like anime and manga and sort of Japanese media, right? And you've sort of had a passing interest in like... You, you watch stuff and you sort of like, you know, you're aware of everything. And, and I know Tony's quite a, into a, quite a lot stronger than you are, but you, you're still interested, right? Mm, yeah, absolutely. So we thought like maybe we'd have this segment all about you experiencing certain shows from a more of a, a fresh perspective versus mm. my sort of like something that I've seen, say, maybe like 10, 15 years ago or something like that. And then going from there, having a bit of a game club discussion style about it, where we'll break things down, we'll talk about the show, we'll talk about the series, we'll talk about basically how you experienced it from a difference of, mm. say, in this case, the show we're talking about today nearly 25 years apart. Mm. Um, yeah, it's sort of, a, it's almost a, an analysis in nostalgia as well. Like in the sense of like, I think what I'm really interested in is uncovering the differences in me watching something now versus you watching something a long time ago and like how your views of something have maybe matured or changed over mm. time because you've moved away from it and it's like that's what I'm either going to experience or like I've now like I'm potentially going to point out things that show a show for want of a better phrase in a different light to you yeah. as well in the sense that like I'm looking at something from a viewpoint that you've never looked at because you've not watched something at this time you know mm. in at this age kind of thing and the reason i started with this show in particular uh which the show uh title has already given away yes. is because this is something that i have held very near and dear to my heart now for i think about 20 years i i first saw, saw this show when i was 15 uh i'm now 31 so you know that goes for a long long time mm. and that is the anime neon genesis evangelion yeah i want to start out by saying that that's how i'm pronouncing it evangelion i know some people especially americans it feels say evangelion which i oh, don't really? think is right but i don't know so if it offends anyone i so, i'm sorry that's how i'm going to be saying it for the rest well, of I, the show. I say it the same because that's how i've heard you say yeah, it yeah for sure I, I i don't know if there is like a proper way of saying it but like that's what sure, i'm gonna I say mean, in the in the, the Japanese Japanese themselves, like in the anime, they don't say Evangelion. Do no, they, they don't. Say Evangelion. I know. I hear a lot of like, like I say, it's mostly Americans, like on YouTube right. and other podcasts and stuff that say it that way. So, but that's how we'll say it for the rest yeah. of this show. The like the background for why we started with this as sort of like a gelada watches anime thing uh, is because it was re-released on Netflix, right? Like oh, very yeah, that recently. was why we started it, wasn't that's it? That's why we started it. Um, you know, a few months ago now, at the time of recording, um, Netflix re-released Neon Genesis Evangelion and also a couple of the films as well. Yeah, there's. we're not going to touch on any of the, like, stuff around... There's some, like, controversy and some stuff around 
the Netflix remake, like mm. the subtitles and stuff like that. There's initially there was a lot of backlash. I think a lot of that has, has kind of gone away now um, when people have sort of dug in to some of the stuff behind it. But yeah, we're not going to touch on that, you know, specific differences in, in versions and stuff mm. like that. That's a topic for a different <laughs> a different podcast, maybe a, maybe an Ava podcast rather than we're us. We're also not going to be touching on anything outside of the original TV series and mm. the uh, theatrical release of The End of Evangelion. Yeah. So all of the surrounding city video games and uh, manga and all the other spin-off stuff uh, we're not going to touch on. We're also not going to touch on the rebuild films, which I don't even know if you mm. know what they are. No. Um, <laughs> so we're going to leave those for the time being. They're well worth your time, and we should absolutely do an episode on those as well. But for today, it's specifically about the television series and mm. the attached movie for that. And I knew a little bit about it. I knew that it was weird. Like I knew that it had a reputation for being an odd hmm. an interesting series um, and sort of quite a like both cult and cultural thing. Hmm. And I sort of knew a little bit about what it's about uh, in the sense that like I knew there were these like big mechs called Avers. People piloted them and they were fighting something. And that was kind of that's yeah. like the premise of, of the show. That's the, the surface start, level, anyway. sort of like what you see when you see the trailer sort of thing. Yeah, and it's like post-apocalyptic, yeah. and that that's sort of like, that's how much you can tell from watching the intro and like knowing a little bit about it from the outside kind of thing. And I guess we should probably say that there are almost certainly going to be plenty of spoilers in this yeah, for, um, sure. for the show. So yeah. yeah, if you haven't seen this series already, and it is something that you've been on your watch list for a long time, then I would recommend not listening for now and coming back later mm. uh, to listen to this one, because it is certainly something you should experience on your own, sort of fresh as you can. Mm. But if, you, if you're not that fast and you're just interested in talking about like the discussion of it, or you've seen it plenty of times before, then yeah, just we'll, we'll dive right in. Yeah. What I, it's really interesting. So that you sort of were aware of the series, I think, like partially through me, but also partially just through sort of like cultural osmosis because it's mm. so omnipresent within sort of like the anime nerd culture. Um, Definitely. You know, it's such an enormous IP. I don't know these exact statistics, but I imagine it's probably one of the biggest anime IP outside of like things like Dragon Ball and Pokemon and stuff like that. Mm. Um, you know, you, you visited Japan and just walking around the streets, you'll see Ava merchandise just yeah. everywhere. Like you walk into like a convenience store and it'll be on like a can of coffee or something, um, yeah. you know, or like a fruit juice drink or something like that. Like it's, it's everywhere. And it's popularity has never really waned to be perfectly honest. Like ever since mm. it's original uh, airing in 1995, it's, it's never stopped being popular. Yeah. And it's crazy that it's, you know, it is that old, you know, it's not a, it's not a new anime, obviously, because you watched it such a long time ago, but, I will say that it doesn't feel like it's an old anime when you mm. watch it. It, it. It feels reasonably modern, mm. um, you know, and from a sort of like, not to skip a few steps in our discussion, but like the art style is great. Like it looks great and it, yeah. it's aged very, very gracefully and it looks of a period, but also at the same time, it's like in the same way that like something like, I don't know, Alien nice. Star Wars or, or Alien or, or something. Yeah, yeah. or like the first, well, first Star Wars, I guess, questionable aging, <laughs> but like, or 2001 or something like that. Like it's yeah, got that kind of vibe to it, right? In fact, I was reminded a lot of, of things like Alien in 2001 when I watched Ava. You know, there's a lot of like long freeze frame shots, you mm. know, or like establishing shots where there's like, you know, it's a good... 15 seconds where like nothing happens apart from something very slowly moves and it's like that is very reminiscent of you know 
older, you know, much older kind of sci-fi, you know, things like Blade Runner, Alien, you know, 2001, that kind of era. So what's super fun about that is that although that would have been a definite conscious decision by the directorial staff and everything, that was as much a reason to save money as anything else. As well, right? <laughs> so like if you've got a single shot that's just very slowly moving across the screen, like yeah. as they're like going past something, you only have to draw it once and slowly move it across the camera screen. You know, that's yeah. what you're doing. And and I knew that there was, I, kn- I didn't know the detail, but I know that there's like stuff about budget with yes. this show, right? Yeah. Like, and Jesus Christ, there's a couple of spots where I'm like, oh my God, what am I watching? Yeah, for like, sure. <laughs> So, like, famously, we'll get this sort of this out of the way now, I guess. Like, famously, the show did run out of money towards the end of its running. Um, You don't say. (laughs) And in a weird way, like, I almost feel the the show was better for it because originally... And we'll can, I talked to you about this very briefly last night uh, when you were sort of finishing watching the, the end of Ava film. The end of Ava film was supposed to be the last two episodes of the series, right? So yeah. the, the events of that film were to take place in episode 25 and 26, which is why even in sort of like the synopsis of those films, if you read them online, it says like it's a two-part episode. Yeah, you know, it's, and that was yeah. how it was supposed to be. And if you watch the sort of preview for episode 25 at the end of episode 24, it even shows sort of very, very oh, rough really? sketches. <laughs> yeah. It shows sketches of the the big fight between Oscar and the, the mass-produced Avers. Hmm. Like line drawings with very, very little amounts of colour because they didn't have the opportunity to kind of get it ready in time because yeah. they never finished it. You know, that's what the movie became. So the last two episodes were very much made out of necessity, but in a weird way, it almost created something far more interesting as a result, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean... I- <laughs> Uh, the 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 actual episode 25 and 26 right the end of the series is like it's like a sketchbook right like mm-hmm. like there's there's bits of it where it's like obviously it's unfinished and it's and it's beyond i mean maybe it's meant to be artistic and maybe you know now or maybe a lot of people critique it as being artistic i know that there's a lot of controversy about those last two episodes but like it's just like okay the biggest thing that I, the biggest thing about ava for me is that from episode like 16 onwards the show takes a the show changes right mm-hmm. and it's a very conscious change and and i did a little bit of i will admit i did a little bit of reading up afterwards and like it it coincides with like the what's uh anno like yeah, being lent a book about yes uh, psychology right yes. and i'm like oh my god that explains so much <laughs> about the second half of this show because it's like I, I haven't seen a lot of anime, but Ava is like a window into this guy's mind. Mm, definitely. Like so much. Like there were times of the show where I'm like, Jesus Christ, like this is a cry for help. Like yes. if you didn't like, you know, you watch this show and you're like, this guy's not okay. Mm. He needs some help. <laughs> you know, and, and I know that that's true. There is an element of that in the show. Mm, like, yes. like he did have depression and he was very interested in psychology. And like, there's a lot of like literal direct references to you know things like oedipus complex and stuff like that like all Mm -hmm. of the kind of like um what's the name i've forgotten the name of the oh freud yes like there's a lot of like direct freud references um in the show particularly in the latter half but like it gets to the point not to like rag on (laughs) on it too much but it gets to the point where towards the end of the series where it is so obtuse like it is it is beyond artistic obtuse and it's just obtuse and i found that quite like I, I am, I'm not like, I, I love a good, like hidden meanings, 
arty thing that I can think about. But I found it very, very difficult to even see that layer in mm. this. And I think some of it was, I, I wondered if some of it was from having to read subtitles. And actually Possibly. that made it harder to follow because some of it also, the last episodes feel very rushed and it's moving so fast. Yeah, they do sometimes, speak very quickly in those scenes. Sometimes it can be difficult to follow. Yes. the Like I actually found the plot hard to follow mm. because it's moving so fast and it's throwing so much stuff at you that I'm like, I can't read and watch this fast enough mm, <laughs> to yes. like actually know what's going on. Like there's the, like again, episode 16, it really was a, a turning episode. I know it literally is, but also in my understanding of the show, like that episode is, it's interesting as, as an aside, that episode's lower quality, right? And it's because they lost the master, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like, like there's a, p- a point in it where you're like, what, whoa, has is something wrong with this? <laughs> is something, something wrong with my version of this, of this episode? And, but like that episode and the plot of that and where um, Kaji dies, I, I got to the end of that episode and I was like, I don't actually know what happened mm-hmm. in this episode. Like I couldn't follow it. It's like, <laughs> you know, when you go to like an art gallery and there's a, there's a dark room with a bench in it and they're playing a film, right? Like an art, like mm-hmm. a, like an artist's yep. film. That's Ava, right? <laughs> like it could be, it could be one of those. There are, there are parts of both the film and the series where it could be in an art gallery. And this is a compliment, I guess. <laughs> it could be in an art gallery being watched by people like sat, you know, pondering it. And then they walk out like, I don't know what it's about. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, You've really obviously had a big impact on oh, this series has a really big impact on you. You can tell, um, yeah. And you've hit the nail on the head to some extent as well. Like, so the first six or so episodes, they have quite a clear direction to them. The first six episodes, uh, this is before Oscar is introduced. Yeah. The two primary characters are, are Ray and Shinji, and they have very direct, obvious sort of like through line with the story. It's all about Shinji coming to accept the fact that he has to sort of like get on with this basically and do this and sort of like man up. Get in the robot. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Endless means in shoe. And the end of episode six, which is the end of the fight with uh, Remiel, the the large sort of like diamond-shaped one, which is absolutely fantastic. That's a very clear sort of like okay, this is the the end of Act 1, right? This is where the series sort of like, this is the end of the beginning of the series, if that makes Mm. sense. Episode 7 through probably 15, pretty much like you discussed, that is kind of where the series doesn't really know what to do with itself. So it's Mm. a little bit unsure, like it has an idea, it's got this kind of through line with a little bit of, you know, it's to do with people's like coming to terms with themselves and trying to believe in themselves and Mm. also trying to understand sort of like how to deal with other people as well, like how, how other people perceive them. But it's still not quite sure how to tell that. And that's quite obvious in some of the the very Monster of the Week style episodes. So, like, the angels appear, they just kind of beat them, and that's kind of it. Like, they're, yeah. they're very... Like, there's, there's, there's 18 angels in total, and you only sort of directly see the fights with, like, 15 of them, I think, because some yeah. of them are, like, before the series, some of them, spoilers, are, are humans are an angel, uh, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. But, like, some of them are just so unimportant and glossed over that they just don't get any screen time at all and they get like half an episode to themselves and that's kind of it they're so inconsequential but then like you say when they hit sort of episode 16 was sort of like the turning point because uh this was when anno was fighting his depression uh and he didn't feel too good about the series he was having to deal with a lot of like internal struggles with the, within the studio as well and then he is like you say that's when he had the book and he was sort of like quite inspired by all these psychology and that's when the series sort of like took the left turn and then really ran with that left turn like really really went heavily into <laughs> oh, it. oh yes <laughs> 
but a lot of people weren't accepting that because a lot of people started watching the show for that more traditional monster of the week style fight right. scenes you know they wanted to see like these cool robots fighting these really cool looking monsters a lot of people were very unprepared at the time especially for that sort of more uh introspective look at the human condition as it were yeah you know but that's sort of why the series has become so famous if it, I think if it started out as trying to be exactly what it ends as from the very beginning, I don't think it'd have been as successful because I, no. as much as I love the series for what it does and what it kind of like shows and how interesting and deep it can be in a lot of different ways, I also think as much of that is important as the typical J-pop opening and the big cool looking monster fight and the you know the the cute and interesting characters that you know you love to look at. And, I think all of it creates a package. I don't think one side of it is more important than another. It's really interesting that you you describe it as from the point of view of like the show changing, right? Like where it's like there's a first part and then it and then it doesn't know what to do with itself and then it turns it, it sort of commits to being like a psychoanalysis mm. um, like anime. Mm, yeah. And what's interesting is from my point of view, maybe like knowing that that was knowing that that was part of it anyway and i didn't see it i saw that as an intentional thing Hmm. so i saw that as like it's establishing itself in one way and it's going to rip the carpet out from under me and i could sort of maybe i was potentially even misreading seeing the psychoanalysis the sort of like later stuff in the earlier episodes Hmm. because i knew that that was what the show in my mind i was like that's what the show's about what i was like paying close attention to like you know shinji's relationship with his dad and like you know sort of like the characters the stuff behind the characters and some of the stuff that's a bit weird and 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 sort of seeing that whole thing in those earlier episodes so it was less of a like surprise to me that it it sort of descended into something because Mm. i was like oh that's you're just setting it up for that right whereas actually you're describing it as more like that was a decision that was made like at the time mm. once they got to like episode 16 kind of thing it like turned more into that and it's that's an interesting kind of like different viewpoint i get or like different like interpretation and i think that's it it's interpretation like yeah Anno and the rest of the sort of like head staff at studio gynax with the studio that created the series have famously been really contradictory like throughout the years of interviews and everything they'll say one thing and then another like, couple of years later they'll <laughs> say an almost completely separate thing which kind of undoes mm-hmm. everything so a lot of it is really hard to nail down sort of like really why was the series made as it was who made these decisions you know why were they made decisions as they as they were and you can take some of it as true for example there definitely was budget problems but then was the mm-hmm. budget problem the reason for why they did the kind of the weird episodes like slightly later on the film becoming its own thing separate to the actual end of the series was that a conscious decision or was that just a pure practical reason yeah or even like a response to criticism well because it it, it absolutely was and Mm. one of the things that came from the end of the show was very heavy criticism from like fans uh of the show and sent the even so far as sending things like death threats and stuff to to arno and the directorial team and that was even included in the film um if you watch the end of ava there is a scene where they're kind of flashing through different letters and notes and they are the the real death threats that were sent damn i knew that that was coming and i missed it when i was watching it like i didn't i don't think i spotted it i mean it's quite a quick one like it's quite a quick flash but you know that that's 
So they incorporate a lot of that into the creation of the show as well. So they used almost that tumultuous time to their own advantage. But at the end of the day, I think all of this can just be interpreted, right? Like I've watched the mm. series, like I say, oh, quite a few times, like five or six times at least, I think. And I've seen the films a few times. And I've had all that time to think about it. And I always change my mind on it. Like, I'll always mm. kind of flick between different things and I'll flick between different um, theories about what I think about different characters. And, and the thing different- is, is that that makes sense when you consider this an art piece, right? That is my my number one kind of takeaway is that this is a piece of art rather than an anime series. Like, it, it's a piece of art in anime series form. That's not to take away from other anime, but, like, this is very much something that you ponder and it has Hmm. multiple interpretations and like none of them are right or wrong they're all it's all interpretation and it's all about you know what you take away from it i can't decide if i think that it is trying too hard to do that Hmm. or not i think that it isn't because i know some of the stuff behind the scenes like about the budget and and stuff like that and like it's like i don't think it was trying too hard to be really obtuse like it is catastrophically obtuse yeah (laughs) like it is the it is it is the most i could go through a whole episode and be like i don't really i don't really know (laughs) i don't really i don't really know what i just watched i have absolutely no idea like there are are a couple that are a bit odd yeah there there are a couple (laughs) yeah there's a there's there's a bit yeah (laughs) Uh, like it's yeah like it's there's there's just some really weird stuff like there's a few other there's a few other like really small bits that i've noted down that like stood out to me that i don't Mm. know if they've ever stood out to you go on it has a weird obsession with numbers. Like everything is like, nothing is a round number. Everything is like, there's numbers all over the place. Like it's mm. like our chance of success is 0.00012%. Mm. Uh, like just like numbers of like buildings or areas. Yeah. Like they're all, there's just everywhere. Like everywhere you look, there are like random numbers all over the place. I, I don't know what the reason is behind it. I, I couldn't tell you. It's so um, bizarre. Like it's, it's, it's like just an interesting it's part of that like because it's old like and it's trying to be like futuristic obviously Mm. it's set like in the past now but it it was set in the future then like the tech is kind of weird and i think it's like trying to make the technology seem more complicated like some of the like interfaces and and that you see like the the on-screen interfaces and things like that you're like a laughable but they were star trek effect yeah exactly exactly you're like you're like really like it that's aged quite badly or it's not aged badly but like it's aged of a time time yeah yeah. and but that plus the numbers stuff and like just throwing like terminology at you and you're like like there's a bit where it's like this isn't even tech terminology. This is just terminology. Like the first time that the show mentions the Dead Sea Scrolls, I nearly lost it. Like, I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> when did this come? Like, like I'm sorry, what, what, why are we talking? What is going on? Like, like the stuff like that, you're just, it's just throwing like weird stuff at you. Mm. Like, like lots of like religious references, like the stuff about the Lance of Longinus and stuff like that. Like, I'm just like, what is going on (laughs) yeah it's all over the place and i think it's pretty impossible to pick up on everything the first viewing through there's so many like subtle references to things there's so many sort of like uh setups earlier on then pay off a little bit later uh a lot of character interactions that don't necessarily make immediate sense that you do sort of like pick up on later agreed and there's lots of stuff that's just never explained you know in Mm. fact in fact most of the show is never explained really like it's and again it's about it's art right so it's of course it's not explained because it's you've got to infer it for yourself like you've you've got to you've got to decide your interpretation and I think a lot of people don't like that. That that's why it got a lot of backlash from a lot of people. They were like, 
no it's not trying it's not actually clever it's just trying to be clever and like it's just agree you know, it's just a bad show that's something i can't quite decide i still i think it's going to take me more time to absolutely. decide which of those two it is absolutely and that's fine and that's not a bad thing and i think that's as much a part of the series and its history and its pedigree as the fact that there's giant robots fighting giant monsters and it's right. all about like traumatic experiences within children you know so i think that's just as important aspect of, of the show as a whole was the one of the things that I'm interested in finding? Like, so we've talked about sort of the premise of the show because it's a yeah. bit a bit odd, and that's obviously the standout thing. If you try and remove yourself from that, like as yeah. an anime, did you enjoy it? Like, did you enjoy the art style? Did you enjoy the fight scenes? Did you enjoy the huh. like the music, for example, that kind of stuff? But the more more of the technical stuff around the show as opposed okay. to the story, technical stuff. Because I know you watched the Blu-ray version, didn't you? Yes, I did. And you watched it in the original Japanese. Yeah, I did. I think I definitely enjoyed the art style. Hmm. I enjoyed, from a visual point of view, I enjoyed it quite a lot. The action scenes and stuff, I don't, I don't know. Maybe like I don't know if I. It was kind of meh, like kind of like the fight scenes and stuff like that, like hmm. between the Avers and the Angels. I thought that the like imagination around the angels and stuff like that was really interesting mm. like the design of the angels the design of the avas the design of the like settings were really interesting and i really enjoyed them the the animation in terms of like movement animation side of things like it i mean we've talked about the budget mm, <laughs> like yeah. i don't think it's that great but i think that like if it was a film you would say that it was shot well right yeah. like in the sense of like the scenes are well shot and yeah lots of really interesting poses and yeah. uh, and angles and everything right exactly like and you know all of this even things like the how do you pronounce the name the computers is it matt oh the magi 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 the shots where they're in the like the room with those and you've got the three of them as these like big kind of like plinths if you like and there's sort of people around them and then there's the bits where they're like underneath them like crawling around underneath like reprogramming stuff like that like you're like this is so like so so, like creative and interesting Mm. like sort of ideas about things like that and also things like the like one of the things I wrote down was that sometimes it feels sometimes the scenes and this like set pieces feel like they belong more in a play than Hmm. in an anime like there's shots where it's like the room is completely black and like the interrogation shots where it's like completely dark apart from like a chair and a table or like the shots where like um the the, light streaming in from the side or something yeah or like you've got commander ikari like on a you know sat at his desk and then like the person talking to him is like you know a hundred feet away and you're yeah. like this is that wouldn't happen like yeah. it's not re- like it's it's very like exaggerated symbolic yeah. and exaggerated like it would be in a play like yeah. on, a, on a stage you would you would maybe do that you would have like complete blackness and then two spotlights and they're at the other side of the stage it's like scenes like that like it's like that's really interesting mm. and like I struggled sometimes with how jarring that was in contrast with sort of like scenes of like a school or, (laughs) you know, or or like a city where you're like, is this city upside down? Like what is going on with these like buildings that can like disappear into the ground? And Mm. and, like, I never quite could understand the geography of like how this, like, I know it's like the whole thing's like underground and some of it is quite murky and unclear. And otherwise like 
very kind of creative and interesting. Mm. So I think that music, yeah, I, like I, I don't know, like fairly non non specific, not not a sort of big highlight particularly for me. I think all of the all of the voice work, you know, not that I can understand Japanese, but just from the emotion, like the the voice work was all mm. really really good. So like voice and art and and sort of set pieces, I think were the real highlights for me. The intro and the outro are both very, very weird. <laughs> like the intro is definitely a big clue that this show is is going to be odd because it's yeah, like it thrashing stuff at you yeah. so much. But yeah, like that's I guess from a technical point of view, that's the kinds of things that I'm. That's my sort of thoughts. Mm. I guess. I, I'm really glad that you brought up the creative uh, design of things, specifically mm. of the angels, but yes. more specifically the Avers themselves, because right. even from like episode one, you get this idea that these aren't robots like they're oh, not yeah. normal like of course for example the robot moved on its own at the very beginning of episode one to protect yeah. shinji and then like at the end of that episode you see like this weird gross eye thing looking yes. at him and stuff like that yes and of the time especially like that, that was really interesting and different because in 1995 there were basically two types of, of mech shows there was either mm. Uh, real robots, things like Gundam as an example, like yeah. robots as a tool of war, like something you could realistically imagine in real life, like a person sitting inside of and, you know, piloting it as like a jet or a tank or something. Yeah. Would. And then you've also got the super robots, things like uh, kind of Transformers or Voltron right. and, and things like that, where they were like, the robot aspect of it wasn't really important. The fact was it was basically a superhero that happened to be piloted by a person like on the ground or in the middle of a chair or something. Right, yeah, yeah. These were sort of like a weird mix of the two because the a- yeah. the Avers were piloted with it being inside them, but they didn't sit in the head, for example, which was very traditional. You know, they sat in this weird sort of like tube within the back of the chest almost kind of yeah which and they're like submerged is, in a weird liquid as yeah, well which like, itself is like nothing but a, you know freudian wound right. reference you know <laughs> Um, you know, being filled with LCL for crying out loud, it's yeah, like it's... ambiotic sac style tube which is also rem- yeah anyway yeah but then like the ang- the avers themselves are like they're not super robots but they're also beyond just like military applications yeah. you know and and that was really unique at the time that was not really done before and um, i guess that's that's an interesting point is like that's i obviously that's significant for the anime but wasn't like a significant stand-up thing for me because that's not as unusual now mm. i guess like it's like surprise it's alive like that's not that's less weird now than it was back then, yeah. especially in the context, like you say, of anime of the time. You know, I know that like Ava, I, one of the things I wrote down was like, it, it seems to borrow from all kinds of genres, but then I've written in brackets, or did it define them? Because yeah, I think absolutely. that, you know, it actually, if anything, it probably more like, you know, invented some genres. In yeah, the there's, a, there's a lot of different works, both in Western and like Eastern, so Japanese culture, which now heavily borrows from, from Ava and the mech yeah. genre as a whole. And, Ava very much opened the floodgates for sort of more interesting uses of the mech genre. You know, like before then, it very much was just about either telling a military story, things like Gundam, for example, or telling sort of like a superhero tale just to have this with a robot. And then it was this sort of show that sort of opened up the idea of like mech could be something more interesting and different and unique. So... Hmm. But, like, I I really, really like the design of the Avers. Like, I love that kind of, like, angular, sort of, like, very pointy look to them, whilst mm. also being sort of very graceful and bio-organic because they, that's what they are, you know. Like, I, I love the look of them. And some of the shots you get within the show as well of, like, them looking utterly grotesque is wonderful. 
there's like a, there's an episode later on after unit one goes berserk and eats one of the angels if you remember oh um, yeah there's a couple of shots where like it's just looming over everyone talking sort of in the foreground in shadow where they're kind of discussing like what to do about it and it's just sort of like takes up like 80 percent of the screen and just like, it's like grinning menacing mm. eye and smile and it's like really unsettling mm. absolutely wonderful shots um, like that's something that's always stuck with me. No matter how many times I've watched the show and watched the other films, like that's what those sort of like the look of the Avers have always been really interesting and iconic to mm. me. But I mean, as a whole, you enjoyed it, I assume. Yeah, I think I did. I think I enjoyed it. I think I spent quite a lot of time confused, mm. and I think that I'm glad I watched it. I think it's a significant thing to watch, and so I enjoyed it from the sense of like gaining that understanding as much as you can mm. of what Ava is, um, I think was enjoyable. I definitely found it tough to like the later bits to kind mm. of get through and watch. And I sort of like, I found that it wasn't going where I wanted it to go and it was getting so obtuse. I was like, this is frustrating. Like I kind of want to know uh, with a little bit more clarity what's going on with these characters because mm you definitely in classic anime style you get attached to the characters um because that tends to be like i don't know there's just a thing isn't it really yeah, of course, the, the characters it, yeah. tend to be very likable and you kind of you're not really given that and i and that's kind of intentional mm, <laughs> like i know absolutely. that's kind of the point well that's a that's a question i was going to ask as well like before the end of the show is did you have any favorite character so to speak was there any character that stood out for you that you like enjoyed or got attached to uh Good question. Because my not, answer is no. Like, none yeah, of them are likable. There is kind of... It's weird, isn't it? Because it's like, there's a lot of... You find you're interested in the characters and what happens to them and you kind of care about them. But there's lots of frustration as well with them in the sense that, like, like Shinji in particular is, like, a very frustrating character yeah, to not watch. a likable person in the slightest. No. And so it's difficult. It's difficult to... I don't think so. I don't no, think that, I that's have... good. I, I was kind of hoping that response almost like mm. in typical anime form, like you expect you to root for the main character and you expect mm. him to root for the main character, sort of like, you know, heroine or whatever. But in this instance, none of them are particularly likable. Um, you know, they're all not bad people, but they're all, not, none of them are good people necessarily. Yeah, exactly. You're right. It's like, I guess sort of like to clarify what I said, yeah, you're right. They're not likable. It's like you're interested. You want you want to know what happens to them. You're sort of you're interested in those characters, but the show never really gives you that, right? No. It never gives you the any kind of like resolution or any sort of like good ending for anyone or anything like that. To be honest, the 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 film. What is with the ending of the film? We don't like, really talk like, about the film very much. Like we we very much focus on the TV series and the end of Ava. Like I explained to you sort of last night that the idea is is that. What happens in the film, The End of Evangelion, is basically happening concurrently with the uh, episodes 25 to 26. Yeah. So, but in the real world. So episode 25 and 26 is is human instrumentality occurring within Shinji's mind. And then it also then kind of pans sometimes to Asuka and Misato. Whereas the actual film itself shows the physical events that are happening outside. Like... Again, you can interpret it lots of different ways you want, but the way in which, like, I interpreted the show is that Shinji ultimately rejects the idea of instrumentality because yes, he's he in does. charge at that point. Like, he's pretty much like godlike status for the most part. He can choose the the outcome of things, and he decides that he does want to have sort of like meaningful human connections, whilst also being separated from them. He doesn't want to be just this one amorphous mass yeah. of you no know, nothing. 
and he chooses to sort of cancel everything and sort of undo and try to make human connections which is why he sort of forms himself out of the and his soul forms itself out of its lcl sort of like primordial fluid as it were hmm. uh, and it kind of defines himself as who he is but the only other person that does that at the same time is Asuka and and then the very very ending itself that is hugely open to interpretation like you know does he hate her is, is that why he does what he does or is he just trying to confirm that she's real and the only way he can do that is by ending that life to begin with you know like is the is the only real power he ever has to bring life and then to end it straight away like it's yeah you can look at it in so many different ways it's so bizarre it's it's really it's really weird <laughs> but how beautiful is it though right it's i i don't I guess I, I don't know. I I, I, don't, I don't know. I, f- I find it. I still can't decide if it's being obtuse for the sake of it, <laughs> or like if it's being purposefully vague to a fault, or whether that is. It's like, is it genius or is it crazy? <laughs> it's like the. I think it's, 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 it's a bit of both. I genuinely I th- do. It's like. definitely a bit of both. I think it straddles <laughs> the line of both, and I think that's one of the reasons why twenty five years on, people are still talking about it. Yeah, you know, and, definitely. And why it spans such an enormous empire of merchandising and other spin-off series. And, and stuff. I find that weird. Not to like, I know you know we're sort of we're running out of time now to talk about stuff, but you know, and there's so much more we could talk about. Definitely, I do find it kind of odd that a show like this becomes so culturally intertwined mm. like it's like people ignore the second half of it <laughs> oh for sure <laughs> just, i know. think for the most part the actual intellectual property and the merchandising the advertising basically ignores the show as a whole and says yeah, look at these right. cute characters in right. asuka ray and misato and that's re- and that's also really interesting that's a really interesting like s- like statement on particularly japanese culture <laughs> for sure it absolutely is and, and he even acknowledges that within the end of ava show like yeah. when it pans across the cinema filled with people sitting there watching the show and it's kind of oh, talking yeah. about the idea of and how... like a couple of them have got like little cute dolls of exactly. like red... oh that that's that was i was like this is weird well, i mean you're taking the piss out your fans now ray, ray was designed to be sort of like this weird mother figure because she sort of is Shinji, yeah. shinji's mother yeah and then asuka was designed specifically to be sort of like this ludible like underage lolly character yes that, you know you should feel bad about liking you know the only character in the whole show which is even remotely acceptable to like and also isn't a terrible person is misato but even then like you know so yeah and but that was done on purpose to some extent as well that lured people in right like that really kind of j-poppy likable opening it's one of the most recognized anime songs of all time Mm. you know those super cute characters uh you know and that's what sells the merchandise and the show itself is just almost like its own separate thing yeah that's so it's so that's so weird i I find that quite twisted (laughs) it's amazing that a show about all these super weird strange things you know it's just on a coffee can in the middle yeah. of the city. <laughs> yeah, it's that's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. But I mean, whether or not you like the show or not, it was certainly something that was interesting, and Definitely. I'm glad that you experienced it for the first time. Um, yeah. I hope yeah, you yeah. do go back and watch it a second time, and <sighs> maybe. And then point. I think we also need to do like an episode of like anime discussion with watching the rebuild films because oh, yeah. they're quite different and important in their own way, very different, very unique. Hmm. Be interested to see what your take on it is from the first time watching through of them. But yeah, like. Uh, thank you for putting up with a very odd series for me. <laughs> no, it was good. Say. It was it was definitely um it was it was I was like, I'm gonna really enjoy talking about this. This is gonna make for a very interesting Oxl FM. <laughs> 
But we hope you enjoyed listening to us talking about uh, mm. Ava as well, because it's a show that means a lot to me. And obviously you enjoyed sort of um, yeah, I did, quite yeah. a lot. <laughs> and if you've got any shows that you'd like us to discuss, um, like at the moment we're thinking about maybe just showing gelada shows that he's not seen that i'm aware mm. of but that doesn't necessarily have to be the case it could be the other way around or it could be a case of you guys recommending a show to us that neither of us have seen that we can kind of like you know watch and break down nothing too long like don't give us like one piece or pokemon or something oh which is God. like a thousand episodes <laughs> um you know maybe just something that's like a few episodes you know 26 episodes long or even just yep. a couple of series at most sort of things something that we can actually get through yes but do let us know what you think about that and let us know what you uh, want us to watch Mm, absolutely um you can let us know by sending us a tweet at octal fm on twitter you can grab us on facebook facebook.com forward slash octal fm or send us an email show at octal.fm mm. uh, and in the meantime i've been gelada and i've been saffron and catch us again for another episode of octal fm very soon 